Here we go. Uh, Father God, I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for uh, just loving us, Lord, and thank you for being good to us. Uh, Lord, I just... Uh, I appreciate what you're doing uh, at HBF, Lord, and uh, through all the the ministries, and we're just at a season where we're changing gears and getting into summertime. And uh, Lord, I do pray you bless these things. Bless, you, pray you bless. Uh, Fun in the sun coming up, and uh, VBS is coming up, and just all the things. I pray that you are getting the honor and the glory for uh, the actions that we take. That we're not weary and well doing, but we would just be serving you with a good heart, or we. Uh, we do pray for uh, Gwen and Betty. I pray for um, uh, the cancer just to uh, uh, to go away. Lord, I pray that the chemo just knocks it out. Uh, I pray that uh, you would just keep him as healthy as possible. Uh, be with his wife as uh, she endures this with him, uh, Lord, and that you would just allow us to help them any way that we can. Uh, we'll pray for the Sheltons as they got the new baby at home, and I pray that uh, you would just uh, just be with them and give them some sleep, Lord. Be with the baby. Uh, I just pray that uh, we would just continue as a class, just rally around them and uh, minister to them. Uh, Lord, we thank you for uh, the playground equipment and just the uh, the hands that are going to be on deck to get that done. I pray that you'd be a blessing to HBF. And uh, more than anything, I pray you just bless your word today, Lord, as we jump back into Romans 14. Uh, that you would just uh, give us peace about uh, the things that uh, our convictions and our conscience tell us, uh, uh, conscience tell us that we should and shouldn't do, and that we would just be uh, uh, just. Uh, sensitive to the Spirit when it comes to those around us and their convictions as well. So I pray you just bless your word in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, Romans 14. Uh, we've been going through Romans 14 uh, fairly slowly because uh, that's the way we do things around here. But uh, Romans 14 talks a lot about uh, your convictions uh, and your conscience, right? And it talks a lot about the well, what about this? And what does the Bible say about that? And, you know, some of the, the issues that it doesn't really directly talk about, but it uh, it kind of infers, uh, if that's the right word, Brenton, uh, uh, that, that it should be... Uh, sorry, I've got a, a, a nerdy homeschool kid that keeps uh, telling me that I use the wrong word. And so uh, when I'm, like, uh, saying things, so... It could be worse, I guess. Uh, he could not know the difference like me. So, um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, so just different topics. And so Paul is using some examples of uh, like things that you can or cannot eat uh, and things that you can and cannot, you know, what day you know, we have church on and things like that. And he's using these as examples because there aren't dead set things um, that say yes or no, right? And so we talked a lot about food, right? And, you know, you got to remember, uh, he's writing to the Romans. Well, this is a church of people that were Jewish. Uh, most of them were Jewish, right? They've lived by these laws forever that say, you can't eat this, you can't eat this, you can't eat this. Very strict, stringent, stringent. And then, you know, all of a sudden, now there's all these Gentiles that got saved. Well, they came from the world. They're like, well, eat whatever we want, right? And and now Peter, uh, the, key, the the leader of the, the quote-unquote leader of the Jews, well, he just got told by the Holy Spirit that, well, it's fine to eat bacon and everything else that goes with it, right? And God had to tell him three times with the thing that happened in the book of Acts with the, the sheet coming down and, and that whole thing. And so they're trying to figure this whole thing out. And so this, this chapter is Paul's way of trying to explain that there are some things in life that it, it's really just about what is, what is your conscience telling you? Is it okay? Is it not okay? And we talked about different things. We could be talking about uh, things that we eat. We could be talking about uh, in the world that we live in, uh, whether you get uh, a vaccine shot, right? Whether you wear a mask or not. Whether you uh, do... Uh, what were some of the other things that we had talked about? Whether you... Uh, 
Yeah, whether you get a tattoo or not, right? Things that like meatarian or vegetarian. Yeah, meatarian or vegetarian, <laughs> something like that, right? Uh, we talked about last week. We saw last week that uh, you know the 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 issue. I'm sorry, I'm stuttering. The issue that the Jews were having was um, these these meats that the Gentiles were okay with eating were uh, meats that were uh, at one point sacrificed uh, at the uh, at the altar and then this was the leftovers and you know they were like we can't eat that that's not holy meat and so you know unless somebody can talk to Doug about raising Christian cows are we supposed to eat meat or how this whole thing works and it's really about what uh, defiles your conscience or whatnot. I heard the price of beef is getting cheaper so I don't know if that makes it holy or unholy I don't know so anyway so that's what this chapter is kind of talking about you know there are a lot of things in life that the Bible says hey this is the way it's supposed to be, right? Jesus is the Son of God, right? You know, things that we know, these are doctrine. There's enough things like that that let's just talk. That's, that's kind of what we've been talking about. So, we've been looking at some examples. The first example uh, was food. He used food as an example. I'm going to just uh, read from the beginning of the chapter to get where we're at because we didn't get very far. Romans 14 and verse 1 says, Him that is weak in the faith, meaning he just doesn't know that much about uh, what the Bible says, Receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. Uh, for one believeth that he may eat all things. Another, who is weak, eateth herbs. Let him not that eateth despise him that eateth not. And let uh, not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. For God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? We talked last week about, you know, if you wanted to, uh, you know, make this a little more affable, uh, put children in there. Because too often we're like, man, I'm glad my kids aren't like those kids. Or, you know, it's not up to you to, to judge other people's kids. You don't know where they're at. Or just anything. So, who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, uh, he make him holden up, for God is able to make him stand. Well, that's as far as we've got so far. But here's what we're going to pick up today in verse 5. One man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord, and he that regardeth not the day to the Lord he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth the Lord, he that, uh, for he giveth God thanks, and he that eateth not to the Lord he eateth uh, and giveth God thanks. For none of us liveth to himself, uh, and no man dieth to himself. For, we live, uh, for whether we live, we live in the Lord, and whether we die, we die in the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. Let's just stop there. So that's, you know, that's kind of what we're talking about. These are different things. Understand, I said this last week, but some of you may not have been here. The issue that Paul was talking about, he knew that there were things going on in the Roman church. I don't think the only issue was whether we were eating pork or not. Right? He was using this as an example to some of the many other things that were going on uh, that could have been going on in the church. Right? We, we, we talked about you know whether what, what kind of music you listen to. Right? There's just so many different things that are like I don't know is the Bible like dead set on this. Right? And so that's kind of the things we're talking about. So the next example we looked at the example of food. Uh, the next example that we see starting in verse five is uh, the example of. Like day, what day we worship, right? He uses this this as the next example. So Romans fourteen five says, One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Meaning, once you make up your mind, let it be set. Let it be settled. Don't be blown around with every wind of doctrine. Paul himself esteemed one day above another, uh, and the basis for Sunday worship in the Christian churches is found in Paul's epistle. Paul left instructions to take up offerings on Sunday. Uh, the Bible says that we're to follow Paul even as he followed Christ, uh, 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Does that mean that Sunday is the only day that we can meet? No. 
right? How many days of the week is the church not used for something? Does that make it unholy, right? Is HBI unholy because we don't do it on Sunday? Right? I hope not. Is praise practice unholy? I think there's something that goes on here at HBF every day of the week, right? Every single day this building is used. So it doesn't make it unholy because we're not there. But yes, we do gather together on the first day of the week. Therefore, we as, a Christ, we as Christians set aside the first day of the week. It, that's our time for the Lord's Supper, for preaching, for the Word of God, to take up offerings, all these things, because we have an example. John verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 19 says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, uh, when the doors were shut, uh, where the disciples uh, were assembled for fear of the Jews, and came Jesus and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be unto you. Right? Jesus himself gave an example of meeting on the first day of the week. But the rule, uh, I'm sorry, Christians gather on the first day of the week to do three specific things, right? We get together for communion, meaning the Lord's Supper, right? Uh, communication, meaning fellowship, uh, and, and uh Collection, meaning offering, right? That's just what we do. Those are like the three C's of what we do uh, on on church, right? Because that's the way it's always been. That's the way it's always been done historically. Now, does that mean that that's how we have to do it? No. You can have church on Wednesday night. We can have, you know, there's nothing saying that just because that's the way it's always been done means that that's how we have to do it. But it works. Right? And it's set aside. We set aside the first day of the week. The rule of personal responsibility is that every man must be fully persuaded in his own mind. Right? There's something going on here almost every day of the week. The Lord rose on the first day of the week in John chapter 20. The Holy Spirit came down on the first day of the week in Acts chapter 2. But the priority is ministry. Right? And so ministry happens at all times. It doesn't mean we only minister on Sunday morning. So you have to understand that you know that's kind of what he's using here. Uh, verse 6 says, He that regardeth the day, regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he uh, giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth uh, not, and giveth God thanks. Right? Some of us, on Sunday afternoons, when it's not raining, we go home and, you know, we mow the grass because that's the only day that we can get any time to do anything. Right? Some of us are like, you know what, it's Sunday, it's the first day of the week, I'm not doing anything. Right? See, some people do a lot of different things. We're not set on how we have to do things. Right? One sister has a salad. The other is eating a ribeye. Some of us are drinking spinach smoothies, right? It is what it is. I, I, yeah, I'd make the same face as Mike just did, right? But both of them bow before their plate and give thanks before the meal. Both are accepted. That's the whole point of what this chapter is trying to tell you. One isn't more right than the other. It's okay to have personal preference is, is what the Bible is trying to tell you here. In areas of preference... Whatever is done unto the Lord is what is acceptable. Right? When it comes to preference. Now, there are enough things in the Word of God that's like, I wonder what I should do here. Okay, well, the Bible pretty much tells you that's what you should or that's what you should not do here. In areas of preference, it's whatever is done unto the Lord. Right? That's the whole point. You don't have to be pleasing to anybody else as long as you're not judging anybody else. So the vegetarian could have gotten a little protein, protein on his plate, but he chose not to. That's fine. Don't criticize each other for what's ultimately a matter of taste. What you do on Sunday afternoon is a matter of conscience. What you listen to on the radio is a matter of style. What you do for entertainment is a matter of preference. The only thing that's really important is walking with God, whether in weakness of conscience or in strength. If Christians disagree about these matters, it's because they are weak, quote-unquote, in the faith. 
They're not weak in faith, in the faith, right? Romans 14.1 does not say they're weak in faith. It says they're weak in the faith. And that means they do not know the Scripture completely, right? And so, because I'm ignorant of what the Scripture says, sometimes you do things that maybe you shouldn't have. But as you become uh, more revealed in what the Word of God says, it's like, okay, well, now that I you know, put two and two and two together, it equals six. And it's like, okay, I understand that this isn't the best uh, look, right, for what a Christian would be doing. They may be ignorant of the, uh, of the verse. Colossians 2.16 says, Let no uh, man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or in a new moon or the Sabbath day, right? Too often we're like, well, you don't do it like I do it, so it must be wrong, right? You're not going to do the way that I do, so you must be wrong. You don't think the way that I do, so something must be wrong with you. That, that's the way that our brains are uh, trained to think in the world that we live in today, and that is not the case. Right? It's not the case at all. We don't despise the other Christians for being weak in the faith. By the same token, no mature Christian is going to treat Sunday like, oh, it's just vacation. I don't have to work, so it's just vacation. No, we know that, what does the Bible say in Hebrews? We're supposed to assemble ourselves together, to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So we are able to put two and two together and say, okay, this makes sense. It's not just vacation. Right? That's what it means. Now, also know this. Just because you miss a Sunday doesn't mean you're unholy. Right? Now, you don't want to just be like, okay, so I've got uh, one Sunday a month, I can just check out. Because, you know, 75%, but you know, that's good enough, right? That's passing. Well, that's not the case, but it, it is okay, right? My, my wife and I, we're going to go out of town for our anniversary here in a couple of weeks. I, I'm not going to be here, and I'm, my conscience is totally okay with that. You know, because sometimes that's just what we do. It doesn't mean that I'm unholy because I'm not here. Now, if I just make it a, a routine, like, yeah, church, whatever. Okay, so that's where the issue is, right? It's all about personal conscience. Some people are like, man, if I'm not there, I feel wrong. Okay, well, then that's fine. If that's how your conscience is telling you, man, don't defile your own conscience because then you're defiling the Lord, right? But don't make your preference, your uh, burden, somebody else's doctrine. Because that's when we get all out of whack. There is a place, uh, a clear verse of Scripture, that's not just an inference, right? Is that the right word, Brenton? Or what word should I use there? It's not right, but I don't know what is right. I don't even know what that means. Impose something to you, you can sit down and infer something from a passage. So, if you were to say something, you're like to imply something. If you're implying something, I'm going to infer what you are there for. Okay, well, if you read Hebrews 10:25, what do you infer from that? There you go. That's the proper you can infer something from it. Okay, well, I infer from Hebrews 10.25 it says we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Correct? The verse okay. therefore implies that you infer What? It's not an inference. It's like actually You guys are talking Spanish to me, man. Come on. I was cool the way you said it first time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> See, me and Nick were tracking. Yeah. Anyway, I had to say something because the last time I said it, you know, my son was texting my wife. He's like, Dad's an idiot. He didn't really say that, but that's what he was inferring, uh, implying. <laughs> Moving on. We do have a clear verse that says, hey, don't 
don't forsake the assembling ourselves together. Okay, so I'm going to make sure that I make it a priority uh, to come together on the first day of the week. Now, does that mean that if I can't for whatever reason, you know, hey, our kids have a baseball tournament. Okay, now when our kids have a baseball tournament every Sunday, maybe there's something out of balance here, okay? And so there's different things. You just have to be careful. Uh, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. You have to be careful when it comes to things like that. I understand the world today wants to pack as much in on the weekends as we can, and it's okay to, to go and do those things somewhere. I don't, I don't think you're unholy because you do. But if you're gone three Sundays out of four because we've got ball tournaments, right? Okay, so at that point, you know, who, who's having church in the parking lot? You know, are, are we doing something? Or, you know, so again, it's conscious. So truly, uh, a truly spiritual Christian makes God the priority by giving the first dime of every dollar the first day of every week. As you grow and get in the Word, you find out that, that you're freer than you think you are. Your conscience is strengthened by strong meat uh, so as not to be defiled by personal preferences, taste, or culture. You're able to be fully functioning in the world um, and not of it. And I said that, make sure you understand that, in the world and not of the world, right? We are supposed to be in the world. We're not supposed to be of the world. You're going to have uh, respect for things which are, uh, gives the Bible honor, right, and priority. So starting in verse 7, we start to uh, see another example, right? And we start to look at uh, some culture type of things, right? So we looked at food, or we looked at days of the week, and now we're kind of looking at uh, a culture type of thing. And so uh, in verse 7 it says, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. Right? And so we start talking about... Um, we, we call these things culture type of things, but they're more about preferences. We call them uh, convictions, right? And so before we get too far into this, somebody says, well, you know, uh, we don't eat meat for whatever reasons. Or we don't, you know, some cultures would say that we don't drink certain things. We don't eat certain things. We don't, right? And so the problem is with that whole thing, because that's totally normal, right? Uh, you go to India and they don't eat beef for the most part, right? And that's a culture thing. You go to certain parts of the world and they don't do certain things. That's okay, right? And, and that's the way that they've, they've always been. The problem is here in America, we like to think that our preferences uh, are now um, cultural, right? And, and it's like, it's, this is, has to be the way it is because that's what I think, right? And you're like, we, we turn our preference, what I'm trying to say is, we turn our preferences uh, into uh, convictions. And so uh, the outspoken American says, I've got convictions about this, I'm not going to do it. No, what you have is a preference. Because a conviction is something you would die for, right? A conviction is something that you would lay your life down for, right? Uh, a preference is something that I just don't want to do. Right? Meaning it could change again, uh, tomorrow. It just depends. And so you have to understand those things. So, uh, you simply, uh, give that claim of conviction as camouflage for a weak conscience, uh, or a conscience unwilling to be instructed by the Word of God and, you know, insensitized. There's a big difference between conforming to the world and conforming to culture. And there's a lot of things that could be said, uh, just in this area about some things that are going on in the world today, uh, as far as culturally goes. Um, just walk lightly. Um, you know, it's really easy to offend somebody. Um, it's really easy to, um, in a church like ours who isn't very diverse, I mean, let's just call it what it is. We're not a super diverse kind of church, right? Um, it's really easy to offend people. And so you need to make sure that uh, you understand that Okay, first and foremost, first and foremost, Jesus wasn't a white guy, okay? Um, 
God looks at us all the same. And so we need to love people the way that God loves them, okay? And so be careful when it comes to these kinds of things. And understand that um, they're hot topic issues. And uh, the best way to not defame uh, the Word of God or the testimony of God is to basically love people like Jesus would, okay? And so I, I don't want to say too much or say too little, but that's kind of the things we're talking about here, okay? And it's easy to say, I can't believe somebody would act like that. Okay? I can't either. But what would Jesus say about it? He's going to love them just like they are. Okay? And so, uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. If you want to ask me some more later, I we can talk later. Okay? Um, off of recording. Not that I have anything bad to say. I just... Sometimes people take things and they uh, strew them, and it's just a it's a hot topic issue. So, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter uh, what color skin you have, uh, what uh, part of the world you're from. None of that matters, right? Um, God God looks at you all the same. Okay, uh, we are all sinners, right? Go back to the beginning, of Romans. Uh, there is none good. Doesn't matter what color you are. No, not one. We all need Christ. That's what it boils down to. Okay. So moving on. Uh, the world system is something Satan set up to deflect man's hearts from finding God. But culture is something that God created as a, a mechanism to get the gospel to different races. So culture is totally normal. Uh, you go halfway around the world, you're going to be in a different culture. right? I like to talk like I know what I'm talking about. Lauren like lived in India for quite some time. Culture is something that you know that they're different than we are, and that's okay. right? But, uh, but we have... Uh, Culture is something different than what uh, the divisions are that we see in America. Okay, so just understand that. Okay, so you can conform to culture without compromising with the world. Satan's found out how to use the rails of human culture to advance his own purpose. While most cult, uh, Christians react to their um, retreat to their little, you know, group and never use relationships to reach the world. That's the whole point. We need to find out how we can reach people the best way that we can. That's that's the whole point of what we're trying to say here, okay? you got to be able to get the Word of God where it needs to go on time. So, what's going to be the best way to do that for this people group, right? Or this people group. You have to find out the best way to do that. Right? They're not, they're not of the world, um, but they are in the world. God is not glorified when the quote-unquote convictions of fundamentalists create conflict rather than peace. Right? On the other hand, just because you think you've got liberty to drink as long as you don't get drunk doesn't mean that you probably ought to do that every night. Right? Not wise. Okay? That's the whole point. So, we have liberty to do a lot of things. But we also have liberty to glorify Christ in everything that we do. So, you know, anything that controls you is probably not wise. Okay? That was one of the issues we talked about. Go back and listen to a few weeks ago. You know, I'm not going to get back into that. So, Christian, uh, in an independent Baptist setting like we are, no mature Christian wants to flaunt his liberty in front of his brothers that might be stumbled by it. Right? In verse 8, it says, For whether we live, we live under the Lord. Or whether we die, we die in the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are of the Lord. Okay? That's the whole point of this entire passage. It doesn't matter if you listen to rock and roll or you listen to Christian music. It doesn't matter if you eat pork or you eat salad. It doesn't matter if um, you get <coughs> you get the vaccine, you don't. It doesn't matter you wear a mask. 
All those different things, are you doing it unto the Lord? That is the main question, right? Because everything you do should be done unto the Lord. No person should be living for himself. Live for the Lord so you can die for the Lord. Paul's trying to shift your perspective. You have to understand what Paul's trying to do here. People talked about Paul like he was a dog. We look at Paul now and we're like, man, that guy was like the greatest Christian who ever lived. Right? One of the greatest Christians who ever lived. Wouldn't you agree? Like, at the, at, in that day, people thought Paul was a joke, right? There were some that followed him, but people thought it was a joke. He had people who wanted him dead after, uh, after him all the time. He had people who followed him to every city. As soon as he left, they went around behind his back to slander him, to destroy everything he taught. Paul had to commend the people he left behind uh, to the grace of God because only grace can counter the law. So when Paul attracted quote-unquote spiritual mosquitoes like the light attracts a moth, uh, many times even Christians would turn against him. You know what Paul would say? He's like, I don't really care because I'm the Lord's, right? I, I serve the Lord. I'm after something better. When you're confident... Here's something to remember. When you're confident that what you're doing is what the Lord wants you to do, you're going to be at rest and have peace that comes with that. Right? It doesn't matter what you do in the world, especially the world we live in today, it's going to be wrong in somebody's eyes. Right? It doesn't matter what viewpoint you have on any topic, it's going to be wrong in somebody's eyes. And so if you're after pleasing everybody, you're hopeless. So when you have peace that says, hey, what I'm doing, it's at least pleasing God, then there's peace that comes with that. When I know that at least what I'm doing is pleasing to the Lord, you know, I don't have to worry about what everybody else thinks. Now, we don't want to walk around and flip in the bird to the rest of the world and say, I don't care what you think. Right? That's not wise either. But are we pleasing the Lord? Because there's peace that comes with that. It allows me to sleep well at night knowing that that's what I'm after. It's when you're trying to please people that you get stressed out. Does anybody relate to that? How many would testify that they've been stressed out by performance-based Christianity? Right? I gotta be there so many times a week. I've gotta, if I, if we miss a Wednesday, somebody's gonna think something, oh my gosh, if I'm not at the Bible study or, but that's performance-based Christianity. And that stresses people out. That's not holy. That's not good for anyone. Okay? It's just not. Stressed out by a to-do list and better yet, a to-don't-do list. We talked about that legalism last week. It's like a list of things that you can't do. Life is intended, life isn't intended, is not intended to be like that in the Lord. Walking in the Spirit brings a new attitude. So please the Lord before you try to please anybody else. Right? Please the Lord. So that kind of talks about some of the culture things that we're dealing with. And so his last example that we're talking about here, uh, is about accountability. Because at the end of the day, all of these things, music, alcohol, um, I mean, just go down the list. Vaccinations, masks, uh, any of these things, all of those things, personal preference, conviction, conscience. We're going to get into conscience probably next week. Okay, but all of those things, at the end of the day, it's about how you feel about it, but there is accountability that goes with it, and that's what Paul's getting ready to talk about. You don't have to worry about pleasing anybody else when it comes to those things, but here's what he has to say in verse 9. For to this end, Christ both died and rose, and revived that he might be uh, the, uh, might be Lord both of the dead and the living. For the purpose uh, the purpose for which Christ suffered death and rose uh, in power was to become Lord of everything. Right, that was the whole point of him dying and rising again to prove that he was God. Nobody else has ever done that. Right, Muhammad didn't come back from the dead. 
right? Buddha, he's gone, right? All these guys, that's the one thing that Jesus says that's different than all of those. He proved that he is God. Right? And since you're his, and since you've given your life to him, then be prepared for the Lord to harvest, uh, the Lord of the harvest to sift through the harvest. This sets up the following admonition or warning regarding accountability in verse 10. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Meaning, every one of those convictions that you have, that's fine as long as you're sticking with your conviction because you will stand at the judgment seat of Christ for those things. If I stand at the judgment seat of Christ and say, I was totally not defiled by the rock and roll music, then I don't think there's going to be any issue with it. Right? But if it's like, yeah, while I was listening to it, I knew it probably wasn't right, but I just wanted to be rebellious. Okay, he's going to not only try your works, he's going to try your thoughts. He's going to try all of those things of the judgment seat of Christ. So, well, well, my, my brother in Christ was doing it, so I thought I'd be fine, even though every time I, I did that thing, I felt like I shouldn't. Okay, that's what the whole point, he wraps it all up in this verse. We are all going to be judged, not only for the things that we did, but the things that we thought, right? And so, these are all areas of conviction, right? What are you convicted to do one way or the other? Man, I, we've, we've got like... Ten kids already, and I just don't feel like we ought to have any more kids. But I feel like, um, you know, birth control is uh, anti. I'm not looking at the barns when I say this. They've only got five. Uh, now, when they have five more, they might be thinking this. Man, I just don't feel like birth control is, uh, you know, biblical. And like, okay, if your conscience is clear with that, that's fine. You're going to stand for any of those types of things, all the things of conviction at the judgment seat of Christ, all of those things. Don't let your convictions be swayed by what somebody else thinks about it. Okay? Convictions. Okay. Any of those things. I'm just trying to hit, like, there's, there's like, this chapter, like, we, Paige, I, uh, the pastors, anybody, we, we counsel out of this chapter all the time because they're like issues that people are, they're kind of tore up about. Like, I, I want to be following what the Word of God says, but I just don't know what Right here. Man, if, if it's not black and white, it's right here. What is your conviction telling you to do, right? What is your conscience telling you to do? Because if your conscience is defiled by it, you do it anyway, then you are in sin, right? Because you're sinning against the conscience that God put inside of you, okay? So, we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Salvation does not ensure sanctification, meaning just because you got saved doesn't mean that you're holy. You know, that doesn't mean that. The thief on the cross, he got saved. He'll be in heaven. I don't think he was a very holy dude. Right? I'd rather be him than the first, the best guy that ever made it to hell. Okay? So the point is, just because you got saved doesn't mean that I'm somehow holy. It doesn't work like that. Okay? Sanctification is through a life of setting yourself apart from the world. That's what sanctification is. It's set, that's what that word means. It means set apart. What are you doing today? What did you do yesterday? What are you going to do tomorrow to be more set apart from the world than you were before? That doesn't mean pulled away from the world because we are in the world, right? We're just not of the world. That is what sanctification is every single day. What did you do yesterday that made you more set apart from the world, right? How are you glorifying God more today than you were yesterday? How am I going to do it more tomorrow? That is what a life of sanctification looks like. Man, you don't understand how screwed up I am. You don't understand some of the messed up that I've got going on in my life. You don't understand what Christ can do, right? I've seen Christ take... Brand new baby Christians uh, and like fast track them, right? I've also seen God take Christians who have been saved for years that get trapped in some sort of sin, right? 
and they're saved the entire time. They just can't get out of the rut when they finally just like, you know what? I'm just going to live today for the Lord. And then tomorrow I'm going to live tomorrow for the Lord. When you learn to get that mindset, I've seen Christians like that. Like just, it looks like they just got saved. No, they were saved the whole time, but they're just liberated. They're free because they understand what sanctification is. Salvation happens in a moment of time. It happens like, bam. I didn't even know what happened, but it happened. Right? Sanctification is a choice. It is something that's like, the world has got me down, but I'm going to be set apart from it. And it's not like I'm going to do it all in a day. Right? You don't quit. Some people do. But generally, you don't like quit smoking in a day. Right? It takes time. You wean yourself off of it. You don't quit uh, being an alcoholic in a day. You don't quit doing like whatever it is. You, I, I, I don't know. I've never been on like crazy kinds of drugs. But you don't just quit those kinds of things in a day. But it's a, it's a, it's a choice. I'm going to live for Christ more today. And I'm going to do it more tomorrow. That is how those things happen. right? And I'm not saying you can't quit those things in a day. I've seen it happen. But for the most part, like... Your life of sanctification is more of, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to live for Christ. And I'm going to do that again tomorrow. And I'm going to say, hey, where did I screw up today? Okay, I'm not going to do that again tomorrow. And that is what sanctification is. right? That is what a life of sanctification looks like. And that is how relationships are, are redeemed and all those things that you think, man, you don't understand what I've done. You don't understand how messed up it is. Like is. I'm telling you, when you decide to live for Christ every day, all of those things, they just like slowly build on that. Like, I, don't, I don't really know how else to say it. Like, I've seen it in my own life. Like When I got saved, when Paige had gotten saved, and uh, then I got saved, and it was just like, I'm just going to live for Christ today. And like the relationships that were just totally whacked out, it's like, I'm not even completely sure what's happening, but I'm just going to live for Christ. And she was just like, I'm just going to live for Christ. And the next thing you know, it's like, we look back at the way we were and it's like, I can't believe that's how it was. Well, that's because we both were focused on something different. When you just simply focus on sanctification, living more for Christ every day, don't be surprised when God does amazing things. God always tries our heart by giving us a test. Therefore, at the judgment seat of Christ, our works will be weighed as to their quality, right? Is it wood, hay, and stubble? Is it gold, silver, and precious stones? That's the importance of ministry for the Christian. That's why the fourth goal of discipleship is to be involved in the ministry. First Corinthians 3.13 says, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Right? There's no mention of motives. There's no allowance for intentions. Right? God doesn't bless your good intentions. I'm sorry. Right? I really wanted it to work good. Okay, well, God blesses your actions, not your good intentions. Right? You tell your kid to go clean your room. Like, I really wanted to clean my room, but instead I watch movies. Okay, well, uh, I don't bless that. Neither does God. Like, that's how it works. God does not bless good intentions. I really wanted to clean the bathroom today. Well, you know, did you? Like, I understand. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. God doesn't bless good intentions. Right? I really wanted to make it to church. I really wanted to... God blesses action. Good intentions get nowhere at the judgment seat of Christ. This is a judgment by an objective standard. That doesn't mean you have to become a pastor or a missionary to pass the test because the emphasis is upon quality, meaning what sort, not quantity. Does that make sense? It's about what you... It, I had to come to a point... We were... This was several years ago, but 
we were like 100 mile an hour, not a whole lot different than it is right now, but uh, in everything that we did. And it was just like there were a million different ministries, not a million, but there were a lot. There was a lot of stuff going on. We were pulled a lot of different directions. And it was like, man, we were doing everything that we could. And we wanted to be involved in everything that we could. And that's a good thing. Until it got to the point where it was like I was so strung out that I wasn't doing anything to my best ability because it was like I got to get over here to do this and I got to do that. And so I came to a point where it was like, you know what we're going to do? I just, I just want to do one thing well. So we dropped out of a lot of stuff. We had to pull back on a lot of stuff and some people were disappointed and that was okay because it was like that was what God like ingrained in my heart like for that couple of years span was just do one thing well. And it was just like, oh, all right, let's try that, right? And so sometimes that's what you have to do. It's about quality, not quantity. How well did you use your spiritual gifts? Your use of them, not your usefulness, right? How did you use them? That's why verse 13 does not say of how much it is, right? It, it's going to be a testing by fire of those things constructed in this life after the time that we were redeemed, right? Did you take the wood, hay, and stubble of life and turn them into gold, silver, and precious stones? That's what it really boils down to, right? What did you do? I'm trying to get to a stopping point. I'm Stop. I'm fine. I would. How come? What'd you do to it? <laughs> what? Well, probably that actually. I'll stop here. I'll say this: that happens more often than you would think. Uh, that happens. That happens in here a lot. Uh, Brian will hit a hot topic subject and it's gone. Like the the Facebook feed is just like, bam, the algorithm caught something he said and doesn't like it, and it's kicked off for so many minutes. We'll stop there. Um, you know, it, the, the whole point of this whole section, and that kind of wraps it up, you know, and it gets us to the next the next point. Next week we're going to start talking about conscience, right? So we've been talking about convictions. We'll start talking about conscience. The whole point is whatever you do, whatever your convictions tell you to do, make sure you're doing it unto the Lord, right? Whatever you eat, pray, pray that God blesses it before you put it in, right? The things that you decide to do or not to do, man, make sure it's because you're convicted to do it for Christ. That is the whole point of what we're talking about, okay? So next week we're going to get into conscience because we start talking about defiling our brother's conscience by some of those things. So we'll try to wrap that up next week. So if you've got any questions, let me know. Um, some of this stuff is kind of touchy, so I didn't want to... Anyway, let's pray. Father God, I love you. Thank you for today. I thank you for your word, Lord. I, do... I thank you for uh, the liberty that you give us in Christ. You allow us to... Uh, just uh, really serve you um, and, and be free in the things that, that we choose to do, Lord, the things we uh, put in our body, the things that we listen to. And uh, Lord, I pray that uh, we're glorifying to you in the things that we are doing. And I pray that um, we aren't defiling uh, our weaker brothers in Christ uh, by doing these things, that we would be uh, sensitive to those things. We'll, we'll see that next week. And uh, Lord, more than anything, I pray that everything that we do, uh, whether we eat or drink or whatsoever we do, we are doing it for your glory, that you get um, just everything that we do, whether we're play music or uh, you know nailing boards together uh, whatever we do Lord that you get the glory for it so I pray you send us out this week as lights in the dark world I pray you bless uh, the world this morning through Brian that you would just uh, bless it and be glorified I pray this all in Christ's name Amen